Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. You raise a child in a language-speaking environment, and in a couple of years, they speak the language. <laughs> I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. And Rebecca. Today, how we learn language. It's interesting to think about what the brain has to do as you're learning a language. I mean, all of us who are adults who are in the presence of a language that we don't speak recognize that the language sounds like just a string of sounds, right? What linguists called phonemes, you know, just all these speech sounds just going by. We can't tell where a word stops and ends. Mm. You know, we might be able to tell larger structures as sentences because there might be natural pauses there, but I can't tell where a word ends and another word starts. So mm. how do babies learn that? How do infants who are just listening to all that do it? And the answer, which is quite remarkable, is they learn it statistically. Yeah. You wouldn't think that an infant would make statistical judgments. Right. Because they're think... so bad at statistics by the time they get to college. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But it's interesting because if you think about the way speech sounds are arranged, right, there are certain sounds that have a, a greater likelihood of following other sounds than other combinations of sounds, right? So as you're listening to speech sounds, what infants are doing is actually recording the probabilities of one speech sound following another one. And in doing that, they come to learn expectations about that's probably a word ending, that's probably a word beginning. And and that's the way they begin to parse that uninterrupted string of phonemes yeah. and begin to understand what's going on. First, if you think about language learning, there are several different things we need to learn. So one of them is, what are the speech sounds of my language? Another of them are, what are, what are the words, and how do those words relate to meanings? Another thing that we need to learn is, how do you string words together into whole sentences? And then, how do you use all of this stuff to communicate with somebody else? So all of those things need to be learned, and we may not be able to do all those on one show. But let's start with how do you learn the sounds of the language yeah. and how those emerge into words, yeah. which is what Bob was just talking about. One of the fascinating things actually about the speech sounds is we come prepared to hear all sorts of speech sounds, even though the particular language that we speak won't necessarily use all of those. And, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing about just the rules that govern communication uh, among human beings. When we learn to communicate effectively, we're operating with a set of rules that we can't possibly articulate, right? When children are learning to speak grammatically correctly, they couldn't possibly explain you know, what's the direct object in this sentence? And most adults can't either, quite frankly. And and yet they use language perfectly and, well. Exactly. <laughs> and really, and that's the remarkable thing, right? Is that it illustrates that we didn't come to language through first learning the rules and then consciously applying the rules to create speech and to create language. And what's interesting about that too, you mentioned, you know, the possibility of learning, adults learning a second language is there, there are many approaches to that, right? And one is to say, well, let's teach you some vocabulary and then we'll teach you some rules and then you will apply the rules to stringing together sentences to communicate meaning. But of course, in doing that, that's a tremendously effortful process. And what discourages many adults who attempt to learn a second language but eventually just give up and say, I have no way I'm going to do this. The problem is 
when they speak a language themselves, the rules are deeply embedded in their thinking in ways that they're not aware of. So what do you recommend for adults and adolescents who want to learn a second language or third language? Like, What is the best way to go about approaching that? To ask the question of how do you teach adults language, you have to start asking why is it that kids are so much better at learning language than adults? And there are several reasons. It's not There's not a single thing. Mm-hmm. But one of the things is that adults and older kids are much more analytic in the way that they think about things and the way that they learn things in school than younger kids are. And this gets back to what Bob was saying about not being aware of the rules of language. If I'm an adult or an older kid learning a language, part of what I start doing is thinking, well, let me analyze why did that sentence work when in fact that's not the way to learn those rules. The way to learn those rules is is essentially to let them wash over you, to do what I call using the force, right? Just do it often enough and allow those rules to emerge from you rather than trying to learn them specifically. Another piece is you have to actually use the language. One of the things that adults hate and adolescents hate even more is to be embarrassed. And one of the best ways to be embarrassed by something is, is to try and speak a new language and to totally blow it. So what happens is you have to produce sentences in order to learn to speak a language. So what we do as adults is we're afraid to make a mistake. And so we don't produce anything and then we don't learn. Right. And mistake making is a central feature of effectively learning anything. And the better you are at most of the things you do, the more aversive you find the possibility of making mistakes and things that you don't know how to do. And as Art says... The idea of you know using the force, like letting it wash over you as sort of osmos <laughs> into, into your thinking, we say that tongue-in-cheek, but it really is a lot of it, right? Because our brains have the capacity to recognize patterns in language that then become a part of our thinking quite without our having to say, okay, this is the rule that I'm applying here. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't just the effortfulness of trying to remember all the rules. It's the avoidance of the idea that I'm going to wait to say something until I know exactly how this sentence is supposed to come out. Well, you're toast, (laughs) right? You're not going to say anything because all the time that you're spending doing that, the occasion that would have prompted you to want to say something has now gone. Right. (laughs) So to put yourself in a situation where you're around either other people who are learning the language or even better native speakers who are patient with you to allow you to try things out and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes is the most effective way to learn anything new, but particularly learning a language. Next week, we'll talk about the psychology of reinvention from a show we recorded live at the Cactus Cafe in Austin, Texas for Views and Brews with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. Also, Two Guys on Your Head is up for Best Local Podcast in this year's Austin Chronicle Best of Austin Awards. Vote now at austinchronicle.com. And thanks for nominating us. David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford are our engineers. I'm Rebecca McEnroy. I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.